Welcome back, everybody. This is Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsberts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor, who did turn off his mute. That was good. How are you today, Andy? Was I muted? I saw the little thing over there, so I figured I'd tee you up first. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even. Maybe think it was I a delay the on the song. Who knows? Yeah, the song. I think the song mutes us at the beginning. Otherwise, no. Pretty good. Um, it's been a fun week doing some traveling this week, so it'll be a little bit different look tomorrow as we will have a special. I mean, I told him he was going to be a guest, but he's essentially just going to have to host tomorrow too. So it'll be a fun one tomorrow when Drew of of the Deep Dive and NBC Sports Edge, if you're familiar with him, he's at Whale, that's W-H-A-L-E underscore capper on Twitter. He's worth a follow. He's going to step in. The joke was uh, you guys can talk NBA and I don't have to pretend like I'm actually caring. <laughs> so I do bet NBA. I bet NBA almost every day still just a little we'll bit. Get there, but one of these. Yeah. When you get me is when the playoffs will start because I'm fully engaged to NBA playoffs. I love the NBA playoffs. I've always had fun with those. Just the regular season, the drag of the regular season. Always, it's a battle. It puts me to sleep. Although my my little hedge, whatever you want to call it, bet yesterday on the Hawks minus two and a little on minus one thirty that came through. Hawks win, so Hawks gain the division lead again with the idle Heat not doing anything. Do the Heat play tonight? No, I don't. No, I'm sorry. Yes, the Heat do play tonight. They have. Uh, Is it the Mavs? Uh, they are hosting the Mavericks of Dallas. No poor Singas tonight. Miami's a three-point favorite. That looks about right. It's pretty close to my numbers. Maybe a, a little bit of value in Dallas, just given how tough Miami has been and how hard it's been for them to cover numbers. We'll see. Miami minus three. That's in good shape. The problem is Atlanta, I think. No, they're not tonight. So they can catch back up. Miami's half a game behind at this point. Atlanta's not playing. So if they win tonight, they're back, you know, minus effectively half a game. They, they don't, they've lost the tiebreaker. Atlanta won the series 2-1. We really needed that win last Tuesday. Oh, I forgot about the tiebreaker shit. Yeah, that's not great. So, all yeah, right, well, to, to win by one. Not betting on the Heat tonight because essentially, with all the futures, already I'm betting on the Heat. But yes, we'll be rooting for the Heat. And um, yeah, let's just we're gonna go old school. We're doing banners. We're not even doing the full screen thing here. So, this is something uh, I always talk about the NBA chat and. I talk to other people about the NBA outside of that, and once in a while it's like, hey, uh, like three or four people are lumping into a play. A bunch of people bet on the Hawks the other day. I'm like, oh, I'll bet the Hawks too. And last night everyone's like, oh, the Nets number looks off. I'm going to bet the Nets. So I actually bet the Nets at plus two because the money line wasn't up. But uh looks like you were also falling in that camp and piling in on the Brooklyn basketball team tonight. It's really interesting at this point um, of the season. There's about seven, eight games left for everybody. Some teams are ramping down to get ready for the playoffs. Some teams are ramping up to get ready for the playoffs. The Brooklyn Nets, although they are a better team, are trying to ramp up. They have a lot of players who haven't played a lot of games. Kevin Durant has taken his fair share of time off with injuries. Kyrie Irving has taken his fair share of time off doing whatever it is he does besides play basketball. James Harden, we still don't know where he is, but the Nets and especially their coaching staff, Steve Nash, have talked about trying to play the guys some extended minutes to try to really ramp up the team and start to you know, treat these games more like playoff games. And there is no better spot than tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. They are on the road, but if they are going to take this seriously, if they are 
going to start to ramp up some of the minutes for Durant and we see, you know, 35 plus minutes from him and we see 35 plus minutes with Kyrie Irving, I really think this is a great spot for Milwaukee, who, again, is looking to hold on to the two seed. If they lose this game, things get very, very dicey. So I think we will see extended minutes. We'll see all the stuff that Steve Nash has been talking about. And even outside of that, quantitatively, I make Brooklyn a small favorite in this game. You know, they're getting plus one and a half, maybe some plus twos still around. I think you just go with the money line. Plus anything is is good to me. I was actually able to get, I think, plus 108 or so on the app if you follow me there at Alex Christensen with no space. But plus 100 still around, plus 105, you know, plus anything I think is a solid look on the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Where did a couple of these other teams kind of fall in that ramping up, ramping down? I'm looking. The NBA standings to me, again, casual. I'm a casual I haven't followed along. I kind of followed along a little more for the bubble, but that's because there was literally nothing else going on. It's like, all right, this is fun. Like the bubble is fun. But so you look at the standings, like dude, just because we have some time today, the, the cutoff, we have the cutoff line. It used to be at eight. It's at 10. Explain the whole play and thing again. Like I'm LeBron and I just hate it. And I didn't <laughs> understand what it really was anyway. So at this point, usually, if you're top eight, you're in the playoffs. What's happening this year, teams seven, eight, nine, and 10 enter a play-in scenario. Seven, I think nine plays 10, and then the winner of that game has to beat seven and then beat eight. It's something like that. I haven't read it in a little while, but there's still a big advantage if you're seven, if you're eight. If you're seven, I think you play eight, you win that game, you're in, then eight has to play the winner of nine, 10, and I can't remember if they have to win it once or something, but both of those teams still have some advantage. It's kind of funky, but it's just an opportunity for teams like the Wizards who have played their way into the 10 spot, teams like the Grizzlies and the Spurs who have, who have kind of played their way up. Um, it just makes things a little more competitive. And as you start to look at, at the motivation for some of these teams, again, start trying to listen to some of the stuff the coaching staff is saying. I mean, basically any team that, that's out of the playing game at this point, you know, you look at Toronto, they're three games back of Washington. Um, they would be appealing tonight, but I, I just, it's too much and too far. The Bulls are out, Cavs are out, Magic are out, Pistons are out, Rockets, Timberwolves, Thunder, and the Kings. The Pelicans, if they win tonight, will get a little bit closer, but all those teams, you know, you can't really trust them. And some of the better teams, and we talked about Brooklyn, they're ramping up. Tyron Lou of the Los Angeles Clippers has actually talked about resting guys, trying to play with some more creative lineups, mess around with things. So I wonder if the Clippers are almost going to go the other way a little bit. So those are the two teams that stuck out to me the most. Everybody else seems to still be, you know, pretty focused and locked in. Yeah, that that was a lot. Like I'm gonna have to read. I'm a visual learner. I'm gonna have to go read and see some sort of bracket. I get I get the play, and it sucks too because it's not like eight seeds are ever super competitive. Like you have this. You've maybe had a couple it, eight seeds win the first round, but I think there's only been one eight seed that made the conference finals, if the finals. Yeah, it's and it's certainly not like Charlotte's going to take down the Sixers or the Nets. I don't know, maybe, but either Hopefully way, it, uh, it's kind of yeah, it is kind of exciting. I, I guess uh, in my head, I'm a little more bought in. Like some of these shittier teams, that it's like, oh, you're just going to go get swept up in Philly. Now you get a couple of playoff games instead versus like some competitive games instead of just losing by 30 three times in a row, sneaking one at home and getting gentlemen swept. Like it is nice to get some games that aren't awful. So I guess, and, it, will be, and, and it's not like the Pacers in Washington are horrible teams. I'm just looking at it helps with overall competitiveness. You've got four teams that aren't tanking. And at the same time, the race for that six spot becomes really interesting because those teams are trying to avoid 
that playing game scenario. So in the East right now, Miami's at six, Boston's at seven. There's only a game apart from there. I know Boston would love to flip-flop there. You know, Dallas is the six, Portland's only half a game behind them. So you have increased competitiveness at all levels, despite how upset Mr. James is. Happy to try it out for this year. But again, if we go away from it, I'll be fine too. I don't, it, like you said, I don't think this makes as big of a deal as people are making out of no, it. No, it's just, it's just a few more games, a few more money games for the playoffs. But and now I, I am looking at the West. I understand why LeBron hates it now because they're only a game out of the seventh spot. Like they could fall. If the Lakers keep screwing this up, they could end up. There's playing a big a Lakers Portland game coming up. I think it's this week and that's going to be huge for them. Oh man, I do want to see the Lakers in the play-in tournament now, just to see LeBron whine. <laughs> I, it's not like I'm a LeBron hater either. Like I, I like the guy, I respect what he's done. He's, you know, one of the greatest of all time, and just but he is kind of a whiny bitch in the media a lot. So it's fun to hear him complain and whine about that. So I, uh, yeah, I will be rooting for Portland. It looks like I'll be rooting for Portland and Dallas over the next week or so. So go those teams, go heat and uh, yeah, go nets. Cause like I said, I already joined you. Maybe I'll add a little money line too, just because all I had is plus two. It bothers me that, and you know, I'm, I don't track the NBA market as well as I do other ones that I actually bet into. I didn't realize how slowly it was that uh, you were going to get the money line up. Cause I'm like, I looked at a few different places. I'm like, I just want to bet the money line nowhere. So spreads and totals pop up quickly and money lines take some delay. I guess they take some action on the spread. So they know kind of where to set the money line a little better, but there is a delay yeah. there for sure. Oh yeah. No, by the time I went to bed, it was not. So I am on the Nets plus two. I'll probably join you on that. And then, yeah, let's talk golf tonight. I will be playing quail hollow. With Pam Maldonado on approaching the green, I will be giving out all our bets. I will have my blog out tomorrow. I'll have more looks at some first-round leaders, I think, here. Like I said, traveling this weekend, so it might be a bit of a crapshoot getting some round threes and four plays, but for sure some round one plays tomorrow on the show, a bunch of stuff tonight, and then somebody that just popped out at me today, and it I feel dumb because I don't bet favorites that often. And I wish I'd have got him at 12 to one, but I'm betting John Rahm. I run four or five different models and I kind of twist things a few different ways. And yeah, it's, Oh, Andy. Yeah. He showed up at the top of your model. Cause he's one of the favorites. Yeah. But like, usually the favorites don't show up at this many, this many ways in this different places for me. So I, I, he's hitting all the boxes here. I've done a little more reading on the course and how I feel about it. I disagree with a lot of the things people are saying, I don't love betting purely on driving distance, but this is a really long par 71. And Rom's not Rom's not a top five guy, but he's an over 300 yards. Like I want to say he was 22nd or 23rd uh, driving distance this season. So he's an yeah. above average tour driver by about 10 yards. He's about 10, 15 yards behind Bryson, who is obviously the leader. But yeah, Rom 10 to 1. If you can find a 12, I would play that. This is one I'm playing a little bigger than I normally would, just because it has a smaller price. And I truly believe in him here. Tough ass field, tough ass course. But I mean, this guy, I, I think it's, I want to say the last 15 tournaments, it was about 10 top 20s, five top fives. He won twice on tour last year. You want to talk about a tough course? He won Memorial. Like he can win, he can win in some tough places. So I think that's where he won. I want to say maybe that was Cantley, who is a guy we are absolutely not going to be looking at using this year. But 
Yeah, it was uh, Memorial and the BMW last year for Mr. Rom. So he's the guy I'm on this week. Uh, like I said, I'll have the rest of my stuff out tonight on approaching the green. And, uh, yeah, I'll be hitting so, all the props and stuff I do too. So you mentioned 12. You've got 10 to 1 on the screen here. Just out of curiosity, you know, if you were making this number, would you have Rom 5, 6 to 1? You know, where would you have him kind of yourself? Oh, like 7 or 8. It, it's tough to say. It's tough to say where these are because, like, it's just – Sometimes I will bet – I hate saying this because I am a numbers guy. Sometimes I'll bet something that is really close to my fare just to be just because it's still – it might not be that big of an edge, but I still do think he probably wins more often than I'm making fare because of so many things popping in so many different places stats-wise for me. So, yeah, I, I don't like betting favorites like this. I already have Varner. Hopefully Varner's first-round leader hit so that's something i'll look at as well but john rom is yeah it's too much to ignore right here and i will be betting a favorite as much as i hate it this week yeah i mean and sometimes the values there i've done it a couple times in the wta myself and i don't like ever betting a wta player at less than 20 but it was a couple times this year we had i think layla fernandez earlier at like nine to one or something like that and there is value there sometimes at the top of the market because people don't want to bet a five six seven to one so they hang kind of a 10 there, they'll get some action, and then the other prices kind of get pushed around. So that's why you make sure you check everything. You don't just automatically throw those low numbers out. Well, and yeah, definitely look, because I want to say, uh, you know, a little more of a market-making book, like Bookmaker has this closer to eight. So if you do find a 12, God bless. That's check a your, good sign. Check your paperheads, check your locals. Like sometimes those, a lot of times the outright markets are pretty shit on some of those. Buckeyes are awful, but you can find some rogue prices here and there check some of the offshores that are worse like bad ones ones you don't like to bet at sometimes those have uh like we, we're joking we were joking about DraftKings not limiting me it's because i essentially just bet outrights that never win there just rogue prices <laughs> like one of the one of these times one of the bets i go down to iowa and place is gonna hit and they're gonna be mad it's at over me. yeah <laughs> yeah but uh it's uh yeah but DraftKings loves me because I don't think I've ever won uh, a bet there. It's just all golf outrights all the time. And then, yeah, Brett asks, how many thinks, how many times do you think the dog name better hit Rom at Bookmaker? Ten times? Yeah, that that's the other thing, too. That's why you do need to respect. You know, there, like I said, there's some really bad offshores where the numbers, it doesn't matter what the numbers are. That doesn't mean anything. They're not market making, but know where the market making books are, know why they're market making books and who's hitting it. And you know, it's, it's okay to disagree with them as well, but understand that there's some big money behind some people here. So that's another reason not to hate Rom. There's some people that like him that are very good at golf betting. So I'm down with that. And like I said, more, more golf tonight, more golf tomorrow. I'll get, uh, I won't be on the show tomorrow, but I will have round one plays. I will get those out. So I'll have some round one plays out in the blog. We'll get to them. That's good. Whale and I will take turns trying to figure out why you bet stuff. Yeah, we'll do. I'll send it to you. You guys can, you guys can put it on the show, which uh, leads us to the final one. Kind of a light pick show, but you didn't have much tennis today. Uh, Maria is playing in about shortly, two, three shortly. hours. It, yeah, it says right. She's at like two, two thirty Eastern time. She's a solid favorite over Contivate here, which is good. That's what we like. She should Machova. be moving into the quarterfinal. See how it goes. Yeah, Machova. Machova. That's right. I always say the CH so. Anyway, we are we're looking for 
Sakari to win that. Um, we're looking to Dogecoin to continue to pump until Saturday when everybody dumps after Saturday Night Live. Look for that to fall back to like <laughs> a quarter. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Ethereum all-time highs. Good job for them. Yeah, the crypto market is wild right now. And yeah, let's close it out with some baseball. It's baseball and it's Alex. And that means... Aaron pitching today, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just trying to dip my toe into baseball a little bit. I like the pitching matchups. I like things like that. You know, as much as our baseball guests have said, yes, force fives are better, maybe, or maybe no, full games are better. We know our buddy Patrick, who has been very quiet today, um, likes the first fives, and, and I do too. I mean, Aaron Nola is a very good pitcher. Um, you know, the bullpen for the Phillies is very, very bad. It's better than it was last year, but it's still not very good. The Phillies today are playing against Eric Lauer and the Milwaukee Brewers. Lauer, a guy that doesn't pitch very often. He'll probably have less than 10, less than 15 starts all year this year. The Phillies lineup, you know, did struggle a little bit yesterday. was still able to put together four runs. They've done well scoring in the early innings, picking up a couple, you know, in the first four or five innings pretty much all season. So happy to grab Nola here, who I think will be able to give us, you know, five innings of hopefully shutout baseball, if not one run. And then the Phillies will give us at least two themselves. So back in Aaron Nola again here and, and not the money line, the money line is like minus 170. What will happen there is you'll push if they tie. I'm not really interested in that. And, you know, as much as I don't love laying the juice here with the half with having to win the first five, I think this is a nice price. I would have this probably in the minus 130 range. So still a smaller play for me. I'm still playing these at half units as I start to figure this out, but see a little value again today on Mr. Nola. I like it. And then, yeah, as far as answering questions from DMs and stuff goes, we had one all queued up last night for the deep dive. Really good one. Guy who had a bunch of questions. And actually, I've had this guy and multiple people ask a bunch of questions about outs and, you know, the difference between certain things, how they should be doing it, how certain people at certain different levels of betting should be approaching getting outs, betting into different outs. You know, the deaths. I mean, honestly, there's people that do not understand what a local book is. Like they, they see a paperhead site and they assume it's just like their legal book or an offshore and they can't figure out like, how do I deposit in the Buckeye or how do I deposit? Like, it's just like, I, I've had that DM 10 times. I bet like, how do I deposit? They, they have a website. They, they go there. They're like, how do I get a login for this? I'm like, yeah, you got to go down to the go country to your local club. bar. <laughs> yeah. You got to go to the VFW. You got to look for the guy who looks like he's, you know, watching this screen and writing things down in a notebook or just ask around, honestly, at the golf club. But that's, you know, I've had so many questions about that. We were going to get into that last night, and we said, let's start with our derby victory lap. Let's head into a little draft talk. And we just, you know, we're an, we're an NFL podcast, the deep dive. We just got so jacked up about NFL. By the time we got done with the NFL stuff, we were like 45 minutes deep. And we decided it deserved its own podcast. So look for that Wednesday, Drew and I. I will be, even though I'm doing some traveling, I will be on the ground by then and in a hotel. So Drew and I will kind of talk about that uh, tomorrow night. I think it deserves its own episode. But, yeah, definitely the deep dive if you want some some of our thoughts on some of the draft props and some of the things that happened after draft, winners, losers, and how we're approaching some of these teams looking at this season. You can listen to that last uh, last night. And also it's on the it is on the same YouTube channel here. 
Yeah, that'll be a great evergreen episode going through, you know, how to use accounts. Maybe you guys can talk about, you know, bonuses and things like that a little bit. The paperhead stuff, talk about, you know, sharing your accounts, basically renting your accounts out. I don't know if that's something you do. I have a couple mm-hmm. accounts that I have we'll basically in, rented yeah. out to a couple friends of ours, but it's all part of the ecosystem. If you listen to Spanky's podcast, you know, he talks about that all the time. So I'm sure you guys will get into all that stuff. And I think it'll be really eye-opening for a lot of people. You know, even if you've done this for a long time, I think you'll get something out of that. It's um, a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, we'll definitely dive into that. We'll dive into account sharing, account selling, uh, you know, the the kind of the model that some people use for that. So look for that tomorrow. Look for some golf tonight. We'll catch you tomorrow, except for me. Enjoy Drew talking NBA. I'll be back Thursday live from the East Coast. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the hang. If you're in the YouTube channel, give us a thumbs up. If you're in one of the states that makes sense for this promo, Go get your $500 risk-free bet. The links are in the pinned tweet. And if you're uh, if you're working from home, you know, don't work too hard. Take it easy. Nobody's watching today. It's Tuesday. So thanks, guys. Have a good one. See you.